はい Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, they're back in Winnipeg. What do they have to say about their contracts and the season coming up? You'll hear that on the podcast as well as Kevin Sheveldayoff with some thoughts as well on the negotiations. Then, our MLB postseason preview. October is here, folks. Jamie Bettens, MJBL president, our baseball correspondent, stops by. That is all on the podcast. Today, we had Kyle Connor and we had Patrick Laine speak to the media, as well as Kevin Cheveldayoff, general manager of the Jets. After the two of them signed their deals, yes, when we last talked to you on Thursday night, I said we'd probably get at least one signing before the Bomber game. That one was Laine around noon on Friday, and then about 7.30, p.m. on Saturday, Kyle Connor signs. And everything's good. I mean, Dustin Bufflin's not here yet. Don't know where he is, but the rest of it's good. So we'll start with Kyle Connor, who said, even as late as Saturday morning, he really wasn't sure about a deal getting done. I didn't know. Um, just, you know, talks started really uh, heating up on that day. And I think, you know, both sides just wanted to get something done. I think, um, you know, it's it went on long enough and... Um, just, just happy to miss any regular season games. He said the experience with the business side of the game for the first time it got a little stressful. Definitely some ups and downs. Um, a lot, a lot of talks um, with uh, my agent Rich Evans, and but um, you know, just, just happy to be done and um, to be here and you know, ready to get going. And they discussed a variety of deals before settling on seven years, fifty million bucks. We looked at all all sorts of things throughout, um, you know, term and and everything. Um, Long term was definitely um, you know my preference, and you know wanted to be here, love this team, and you know what, the way it's going and this whole organization. So that's that's definitely uh, made, played a big part of it. Now, negotiations again, they weren't easy. It's tough, you know, as as athletes and. Um, you know, hockey players. You know, we're all competitive. We want to we want to be just just playing hockey and um, you know seeing your teammates and talking to them and going through camp and um, you know you just want to be a part of it. Now for Patrick Laine, the two-year bridge deal made a lot of sense for many reasons. The cap situation and everything. I think it was good good option for for me and the team as well. Um, obviously, there was a lot of a lot of things we needed to uh, figure out with the team. Obviously, the term, the AAV, and finally. Uh, Got uh, got the two years with uh, with the six seven five, and I think it was a good good fit and good deal for me and as well for the team. So, what did he think of his first experience of with a contract negotiation? I think it was it was something new. Um, obviously, took uh, longer than everybody wanted to, but uh, that's just the situation that it, it was. But uh, now. Super, super excited and happy to be here. And um, yeah, my my summer is way too long, and uh, let's try to try to get it uh, a little bit shorter next year. And perhaps the quote of the day from Line on his comfort level with a bridge deal. I know I'll be good for the next two years. I'm gonna score a lot of goals. That's that's for sure. Um, you know, I've always uh, always trusted myself, um, and this is uh, no exception. I'm I'm gonna be uh, be betting on myself in these two years, and uh, you know, but. I think it was it was still a good deal for both sides and um, 
you know, I, it doesn't matter if it's a two-year deal, eight-year deal. I still got to be better. I still want to score. Um, so nothing, nothing's going to change. I still got to play the same way if it's a longer deal or a bridge deal. So, um, you know, just got to gotta still still score and find new ways to score and uh, add some consistency and uh, we'll be fine. So he's betting on himself. We figured that would be the case. That's exactly what the case is. And you know who would be a big fan of that gamble paying off? Kevin Chevel day off. 100%. You know, I, I, I can't wait for him to, you know, do those kind of things. And, but that, that's, insert name here, like that's with every single player. Like, you know, the, 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 the best problem that I can ever have is a challenge to try to fit, you know, people into a cap because, um, or into a, a situation. When you've got good players, that's, that's awesome to have. So, yeah, I, you know, we... We, we hope and, you know, certainly, uh, you know, expect uh, for him to continue on, you know, the great trajectory that he's had. He's, like I said, uh, sometimes we forget that, you know, that, you know, just how young these players are and, and how, you know, how talented, you know, these players are at young ages. You know, Nick Ehlers, uh, Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey, uh, you know, and, and again, you go back to a player like Josh Morrissey, you keep talking about, you know, him. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in here that went and watched the Moose games his first year of pro, and I'm probably sure a lot of you weren't saying, aha, that's the guy that's going to sign that eight-year, $50 million deal, you know, somewhere down the line here. Um, and that's the truth, and that, that's something that I think it shouldn't be lost on, on anyone, is that, you know, when a player, you know, is ready to, you know, to develop and put in the right situations to develop, you know, that's when you can see the, you know, the greatest things, you know, Patrick Liney was able to walk in at 18 and do what he did. Uh, not a lot of players, you know, can do that. So, um, you know, obviously you have something special there, um, but that doesn't take away from from anyone else that goes and spends a year, two years, three years. Um, you know, you, you look at some of the history and some of the, you know, just the, the players that, you know, end up going through waivers. You know, Marty St. Louis went through waivers, you know, at, at one point in time, I believe. And, and you know, look at the career that he had. So. You know, as 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 people and as as hockey individuals, you know, you have to be careful never to write off a, a young player um, because they just might surprise you. Now, some people thought that the line A contract had to be first; that they were waiting to get one done before the other. And Chevy said, "Nah." Order really meant nothing. I think you know, um, you guys ask the questions whether they're all tied together. Everything's individual. Everything's separate. The only thing they tie together in is in our, you know, in our own personal cap and our own, um, you know, economic situation, both short term and long term. And, and uh, all things have to fit. You, you factor in a lot of uh, different things when it comes to this. Um, and uh, again, uh, we're just real excited that uh, you know we had the opportunity to uh, to get. Uh, two years of unrestricted free agency and, and um, you know, a, an opportunity for a, a good core player to to be signed long term. Friday, we heard from Chevy about the line of negotiations. What about the Connor negotiations? I think when, you know, you're dealing with a, a cap situation, hard cap situation, certainly with us, with uh, multiple players to be signed, you, need, you know, you needed to have some sort of uh, at least game plan or flexibility or talks in your mind as to um, you know what ultimately the sweet spot would be but we talked you know again multiple different terms but in the end uh, and for the most part of the negotiations it was always focused on a longer term deal now what about the possibility of an offer sheet you have to in my position have to understand 
always that um, you know uh, parts of the CBA could be you know could be used, and you have to act accordingly. But um, you know, again, for us, we just focused on working on a deal that uh, that would work for both sides, and um, you know, really. You know, one thing you can never do is negotiate against something that's not real. And until something is real, you know, you, you don't negotiate against it. So for us, it was just about trying to work with their representatives. And, and, and both, you know, in both cases, they were great. They were great people to work with. And, um, you know, the, the process or the thought process of wanting to become players again, get back into camp and get going, that, that was always, you know, it was never lost in any translation of conversation. There was an urgency on both sides to... Like, let's get this done. But the business side of it sometimes works on its own course. By the way, Kyle Connor was asked if he got an offer sheet and he kind of hesitated, mumbled a bit and said he didn't want to really say, which I take as a yes, because if he didn't, he'd just say no, right? Not that it matters because he's a jet now for seven more years. And he was also asked, hey, but after the random signing, were you feeling like, oh, I'm the last one? He said he didn't care, so... Now, the Boston Pizza Sports Desk will contain baseball scores starting tomorrow. As the MLB postseason gets underway October 1st, of course, it's October. The National League wildcard game between the Nationals and Brewers in Washington gets it all started at 7.08 p.m. Central Time Tuesday. And to preview the action, we bring in our baseball correspondent, Jamie Bettens, president of the Manitoba Junior Baseball League. And, Jamie, it's fitting that the postseason begins October 1st. So how excited are you? For October, you know what? A little more than usual it, because it just seems like there was a lot more parity in the league this year. And from a playoff standpoint, it, it truly does have the feeling that anybody can win. Uh, Houston, LA, kind of running away with things. The Yankees, you know, bought their way back in. But at the same time, um, you, you you can't protect against you know some of the things that you see in the in the Minnesota Twins and the Washington Nationals and even the Oakland Athletics. It's just there's something about those teams and there's something about building a team that's ready for the postseason. Um, and then you can sort of pick little faults in all of those championship caliber teams going in that you know could be exposed at any point. So it's really exciting. All right, so let's go to the wild card games. The two teams hosting them have a long history of playoff failure. Oakland has won one series since the 1990 World Series, and the Washington Nationals have lost Game 5 of Division Series at home, I think, three different times since moving to Montreal. So we'll start with the NL, which is tomorrow night. The Brewers have the bullpen edge for sure. The, the Nationals' bullpen sucks. Uh, but do you give advantage to the home side here? I think at some point you have to. Um, I think Milwaukee is going to be hurt by Kristen Yelich, which I think Washington can exploit by pitching around a few guys in the lineup. Anything can happen in a, in a one-game play-in. So, you know, there really isn't uh, an opportunity to say it leans one way or another. But, you know, having home field advantage, you know, having that last bat, um, you know, allows you to kind of manage the game, I guess, a little bit more under favor than, than maybe Milwaukee. And I've just always liked the job that Dave Martinez done as a manager. He came over from Tampa Bay and with a lot of experience and, and wasn't really getting the credit he deserves, but I think now he will. And uh, Washington, to me, seems like a team that once they get past the wild card would be the one team that I would pick to maybe do damage beyond it and continue on. Okay. Uh, the American League, Oakland and Tampa Bay, two 
teams that play in stadiums that are very rarely at capacity, and this one being played in Oakland. Does does the MLB really care who wins this one? Because we've talked before about Tampa Bay wanting to leave that city. Could you imagine being a fan in Montreal in the last you know ten to fourteen days, knowing that you know potentially you could have been watching those games down the stretch and that those opportunities. Um, you know, to think that that might be the case is, is pretty exciting, especially if you also look at the fact that you have a playoff team that's in the competitive window right now. If that starts to happen, that, that can be really exciting for Canadian baseball fans, which may lend to some support for them. Um, when it comes to MLB and, and wondering who makes or breaks this game, I, I don't think either one of them will set the ratings radar, you know, into uh, into warning mode here. But it's it's an intriguing matchup because it again it, it comes down to to kind of bullpens and and who can execute here. I, I want to say Oakland because I just keep wanting them to move forward and prove that the plan that they're on is is scalable and winnable. But it just seems to me like once they hit that wild card, they hit the wall. Um, if I had to pick here, you know, it's a bit of a toss up, but I see Tampa having a little bit more depth in the arms and a little bit more hitting wise, and they're getting healthy again. And with Kiermaier in center field and that huge expansive outfield, I see Tampa taking this one. And home field uh, has not been an advantage in the wild card since they instituted it, a losing record for home teams. Uh, of those two, and we'll move on to the next round now, which one would give Houston more problems? Well, I, I have to think Tampa does uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, the, the starting pitching that Tampa has and their bullpen just seems to trot out you know, player after player, that's, you know, 95 plus. And I, I think that velocity could potentially give fits. The other thing here is, I don't know if it's a huge difference, but, you know, time zone, maybe shifting over playing in Florida is a little bit different as opposed to going to the West Coast. Uh, you know, I, I don't think time zones ever really determined a series before, but if anybody was to kind of provide some level of resistance, you know, I, I think Kevin Cash, you know, has that ability and, and they have kind of the data behind them that would maybe support that they could at least, you know, put some sort of scare into Houston. Uh, I don't see them going beyond, you know, five or six games, but I it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, gave them a run for their money at this point. Yeah, best of five series in round one here. So Yes, sorry, sorry, yes, yes. Yeah, so maybe they get a game off Houston, but uh, Houston's so good. It, it's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, when you have two 20-game winners uh, and, and to think that, you know, if you can get by even one of those guys, you still have to face Zach Granke and, and some of the other arms that they've compiled on their team. It, it's 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 really a gauntlet. I, I, I don't know who can possibly uh, come in and, and even, even the Yankees or somebody like that. It's going to be pretty tough to take them, uh, take them down. Speaking of the Yankees, they get the Twins again. It seems like this matchup happens every time the Twins squeak into the playoffs. They were really good this year. They set the record for home runs by a single team, but they have lost their last 12 playoff games. They were swept by the Oakland A's in 06, and they've been swept by the Yankees three separate times. Is this season going to be any different? I'm not sure if it would be. Um, to me, Rocco Baldelli is a fantastic manager. He's a player's manager. He may have them motivated and ready to go. Um, I just don't see their pitching matching up to the Yankees as far as starters go. But as we've all seen and what makes playoff baseball so darn exciting is that their games are usually won and lost by the bullpens. And if there was ever uh, – you know, an underlying tone that had a chance to really upend the playoffs. I think that Yankees bullpen 
to me, might sport some weaknesses. The one thing that they did down the stretch was they rested uh, their top bullpen arms in Ottavino and in in all of their in Zach Britton and even Chapman. I think they threw a combined 100 pitches over the last two weeks, so they're rested and ready to go. But that tells me that they're nervous about anyone other than those three uh, throwing bullpen innings for them. So if there was an opportunity for the Twins, it would be in their ability to maybe hit the home run late in the game to 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 make some noise here. Over a five-game series, it's tough. But if there was a window open, I would say it would be for the Twins and it would be against the Yankee bullpen here. But your prediction when we reconvene in about a week or so is that it's going to be a Yankees-Astros ALCS that we're talking about. I think it has to be at this point. Okay. Over in the National League, we uh, talked about the wild card game. The winner would take on the L.A. Dodgers. Can the Nats beat the Dodgers? I don't think anybody's going to beat the Dodgers at this point, at least not till the World Series. Um, given their track record and the bitter taste in their mouth from the past few years of defeat coming up short, I think that they've done a better job down the stretch of staying playoff ready. And uh, I'd be very surprised if you know anybody took them down to this point. Okay, so that leaves us with a, a Braves Cardinal series. Then that is just you know nice to to watch. No, I, I think there's some intrigue there. Um, I think the Cardinals have a starting pitching staff that has the potential to give fits to the Dodgers. Um, Atlanta seems to be a little too young for me. Um, a little bit of inexperience there in, in playing in playoff games and, and some of the drama that maybe comes with it. There are some veteran players there, no doubt. Um, but I still think Atlanta's maybe at the beginning of a competitive window that is fortunate to be in the playoffs. Uh, I, I just see St. Louis, the tradition there, and the ability to play the Cardinal way and, and you know kind of run games and, and, and manage them effectively with Molina and some of those other veterans that they have. I just think that they're too strong for a young Atlanta team at this point. So you don't think Atlanta's four-game exit to the Dodgers last year helps them at all this year? Um, again, I, I just I still see it as a as a young team in the competitive window. Um, are there a lot of lessons that you can learn? Yes, you know, adding Dallas Keuchel and some of the other pieces there. Uh, I just don't know enough about the Atlanta bullpen to really stick in games. And for some reason, the Cardinals, you know, really really put themselves back, you know, on the map. I guess as far as a playoff team when they swept the Cubs about a week or so back, and you know, playing some real good playoff baseball. To me, those are the teams that come into the playoffs on a hot note and are the ones that are most prepared to kind of keep the the trend going. So you're going with L.A. Well, first of all, so you're going with Washington and Tampa Bay to win the wild card games, Houston Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals to make the Final Four. Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, we'll uh, hold you to that, and we'll uh, talk again after this round of the playoffs is over, and it's going to be, uh, uh, I mean, your evenings are booked for the next month, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm mailing it in from this point on, and uh, I'll only answer your call. Okay, perfect, Jamie. Appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. All righty. Take care. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?